Obviously. On the prompt. You Do you have an announcement? I'm pregnant. Oh. Wow. You cannot be. You're a liar. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. We are one week away from WWDC. This is episode number 50. That's 5-0. My name is Mike Hurley. Today is the 28th of May 2014. I am joined, as I always am, by my friendly co-hosts, Mr. Stephen Hackett and Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. Hi, Mike. Hi, Stephen. Hi, everyone. Hi, Federico. Hi, Mike. Hi, Hi. everyone. Hi. We're here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> next week. <laughs> There's nothing I, am in, I am in a good mood today. You know why? Why? Yeah, because it's Beats Day. It's Beats Day. Hooray. And Spoiler it happened alert. 15 minutes before we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're finally like the first show to record after. Well, let me say that clearly Apple timed the acquisition news with The Prompt and mm-hmm. our fifth episode. It's just a shame that when they decided to time with us, they didn't give us the access to Tim that we wanted as well. That's what sucks, well, really. They, I mean, just, know, they missed out this time on giving us access to Tim and Dre. Yeah. Can you imagine Tim Cook and Dr. Dre on the prompt? <laughs> like, correspondence <laughs> report. My name is Tim Cook, and I run a startup called Apple. I would like to talk to you about the customer set of Beats Music. <laughs> oh, it's off the charts. It's, it's really off the charts. <laughs> it's off the billboard charts. Mike, out. Hi. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Get out. You have been... Uh, your, privi- your prompt privileges have been revoked. Okay, well, then the episode ends here. Do you guys have thoughts on, on, on Apple? Nah. <laughs> Opinions? No, not really. Should we yeah. even talk about this? Maybe, you know, before we do, we have some really important follow-up. Follow-up. About pasta. Oh, God. Again? Did you see, did you see this tweet? No, let me click. Uh, let's I see. have some real life follow up about pasta that I would like to give. <laughs> uh, so the, um, I clicked the link, and there's a, a tweet from Teaches Pasta, the Twitter account for my uh, favorite meal. And let's see, uh, he, he asks, I hope you approve my new look. And there's a new profile picture. And yeah, looks like Fettuccine and. I don't know, it's maybe just tomato, probably. Yeah, it's yeah, it's classic Italian sauce. Yeah, I approve. Uh, let me respond. Vitici seal of approval granted. So that's kind of leads quite nicely into what I wanted to talk about. So I had spaghetti carbonara this weekend and mm. tweeted about it to Federico and he was very, <laughs> very unhappy at me. Yeah. Because because of the time that I ate the pasta. I mean, you were eating pasta at like 5 p.m. Well, what are you, was, like an old did, man or something? I was in an Italian restaurant for, well, for so dinner. So was it, was it lunch or dinner at 5 p.m.? What do you do for the rest of the day if you have dinner at 5 p.m.? Do you just do do? sit sit around and, and, and try to fall asleep? Mm. What do you... What, I think if it, you... I don't know, it's just, it just so it's inconceivable for me. So basically, after that, I then... Uh, well, after being out all day, we we kind of combined lunch and dinner, you know? 
as as you do in these scenarios. And then later on, uh, we no, have... you don't do. You don't combine oh, lunch oh, and dinner. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, then we ate more later on, and then we watched Godfather. Uh, we watched The Godfather. So, mm. you know, mm. I'm sorry, Federico. Y- you will do better next time. Well, uh, the thing that I'll do next time is not tweet a picture <laughs> about the fact that I'm eating pasta. No, you should just, you know, eat pasta when it's time for pasta. It, not at it five, was five PM time. it's Mike. It was time for pasta. No. I wanted pasta and that was the time. <laughs> I mean of course I get I get the argument that you want a pasta so you ate pasta, but it just dinner is at least eight PM. It's so late. I agree five is early, but eight is late. Maybe we should just stop doing a podcast together. <laughs> or at least just do one about pasta. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pivot the prompt into the 5x5 cooking show. Hmm. That's a nice idea, actually. Yeah. I would... I would... Uh, we could do a video podcast. Can, can we call it the pasta cast? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, Federico cooks you pasta while speaking in Italian only wearing an apron it'll be five it'll be five stars in the itunes store that's how you do it yeah yeah we're definitely going to earn an explicit tag yeah whatever um yeah i think this is and i would say that this should just be the last prompt there's nothing going on next week not that we care about anyway there's no pasta news next week the problem is well, so Apple is clearly done as a company. Um, there's nothing major to to talk about. And yeah, I mean, we are out of material. Obviously, I think um, I, th- I think this is our life raft. We should return our microphones to the shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> nice, timely reference. Um, we have some follow-up from uh, listener Samuel, who points out that last week, when we I think we were discussing our, our like favorite Apple hardware or something, uh, that the iPhone 3G, which Mike claims is his favorite iPhone or his favorite Apple product, uh, that did not come with a compass, which is indeed correct, and I actually caught the error when we listened back. So we will now enter public shaming of Mike time. All right, I meant to say GPS, okay? Because it did come with that. Did Mike, yeah. did you really? Yeah, it came with a GPS in it. And the, the original iPhone did not have a GPS in it. That's right. So it was GPS, not compass. Sorry, Samuel. Sorry, everybody. Poor Mike. Yeah. Poor Samuel. <laughs> you should make him some pasta and send it to him. I will. I'll send him some pasta in the post. Uh. Yeah. Uh, that's really all the follow-up we have. That's good, because we have lots of things to talk about. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, we do the show on Wednesday. We were a little late this week in getting the document together. But thankfully, uh, you know, Tim Cook, you know, knew that we were a little light on topics. And so he he helped us out. Dr. Tim. You know, this is one of those moments, like, when you, like, years later, you ask people, where were you when X thing happened? Right, and, and 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 I want to believe that someday maybe Mike will say, "Hey, what were you doing when Apple acquired Beats?" And, and what were we doing, Federico? 
I was with you, Mike. We were recording I was re- directional. <laughs> I was recording a show with you. And we had to stop the show so so uh, Federico yeah. could swear a little bit. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> just a little in, it- in Italian, no, actually in English. It was, um, it was definitely. I'm in gonna English. I'm gonna need the copy of that. Yep, no problem. <laughs> Mike has a copy. I, I yeah, Mike know. is recording all the time. Mike and I had a call the other day, and uh, really just about nothing, just kind of talking. And I'm sure Mike is kind of creepy. He's always recording people. It's not like I choose to record Mike people. Is the NSA? <sighs> wow. I feel I feel bullied. <laughs> a lot, a lot of red flags going. Isn't on. there a law but, about cyberbullying in your co- country now? I don't know if it counts across border across borders. Probably does, but who knows. Let's pretend like it doesn't, so that way we can continue doing this show. I mean, you know, come at me, bro. So, I will anyways, uh, there's a lot of links in the show notes. Um, I guess the high level is that Apple confirmed the Beats acquisition today. $3 billion, 2. Like- 6, $2.6 billion in cash, $400 million that vests later. Um, the staff is coming over. The headphone companies coming over, the streaming services coming over. And it's all being remained separate for now. So kind of like it's the complete opposite of what we expected, I think. Like there were a bunch of different scenarios that we spoke through a couple of weeks ago. And I don't remember if any of those scenarios were like everybody comes over and everything stays the same. I don't know if we saw necessarily saw that as a like a real possible thing to happen. Well, it's just out of character for Apple. I mean, the the obvious parallel is when Apple bought Next, and maybe not even parallel. It's it's the other big example, right? Like that's their second biggest acquisition uh, that we know about, and obviously they did not keep Next, and they took out they ripped the guts out of the OS and made OS ten. But it is interesting that they're keeping it. But that's is sort of more in style with acquisitions these days. You know, Nest so far has remained an independent brand of Google. So this is not completely unprecedented in the, in the landscape, but it is unprecedented within Apple's sort of universe. Hmm. So, so what do we think? Or do we want to go through these links? Or do we just want to run around screaming? A bit, a bit of both, really, please, if that's okay. Yeah, so Tim Cook... I had some interesting quotes, and uh, I have to just say I, I do love this picture of the Beats guys and the Tim and Eddie Q. Uh, Eddie Q is wearing a shirt that is a little too tight, a little uh, on the sexy side. Yeah, but what yeah. what it makes up in the tightness, he lets out in the no buttons at the top. So yeah, it kind of do you know, guys? Uh, the, there's already a conspiracy theory about the fact that Tim Cook is covering his wrist, <laughs> and yeah. people are saying that, that under his hand there's the eye watch. Well, and Eddie has his hand. Also, if you look closely, there's the Illuminati symbol in the background. <laughs> well, the one thing that I'm really concerned about is the fact that none of these people are moving, so they could therefore be robots. That worries. I don't well. think you understand how JPEGs work. <laughs> or maybe like they could they could be like wax uh, statues. Yeah, they could just always be there. Yeah, I just I just want to live in a world <laughs> where I can wear where like the 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 de facto clothing choice is a long sleeve untucked dress shirt. I like that the picture that they've chosen. Someone's just told a joke, and Probably. that's the picture that they chose to go with. Because like, what what do you think the joke was? I don't know, but Dre is unfazed by the joke. 
Yeah. It, should, it should be, I guess the photographer just said, Spotify, am I right? And all these guys are just laughing. But Dre's not that happy about that. Another yeah. conspiracy theory. <laughs> why is Dre not happy? Why is Dre, why is Dre unhappy about this deal? <laughs> why is Dre so unhappy? He wanted the oh. 0.2 billion they shaved off. Why is Jimmy without his hat? I don't know. A lot of signs point to strange facts going on. In this uh, I mean, if anything, this image has shown us that the deal's not going to work out in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely... Definitely. What? I just... If someone can, could could take this image for us and just turn Eddie Q into a GIF, like they're all saying still, but Eddie Q is like nodding or winking or something, you would have my undying affection. I would mm. also quite like it if you could somehow put our heads... In this scenario, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. should we try and do some actual like I don't no. know no 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 analysis I, today? Can I, I at think... least can I can I at least read some of my quotes that I liked? Yes, please. So um, through going through some of this stuff, I picked out some bits from uh, there was I really liked Recode's article because it was just the Q and A that they did with Tim Cook and. Uh, is it? Have we decided yet? Is it Eovine, Eovine? Does anybody really know? No, I'm sure okay. somebody knows. Eov, Eovine and Dre. Um, I guess he knows. There. I guess well, he knows. We hope so. Uh, so this is some stuff that I quite like. So we get a subscription music service that we believe is the first sub- subscription service that really got it right. They had the insight early on to know how important human creation is. The technology by itself wasn't enough. That it was the marriage of the two that would be really great and produce a feeling in people that we want to produce. They've also built an incredible premium headphone business that's been tuned by experts and critical ears. We're fans of that. It's a reasonable sized business that's fast growing so you know they're keeping the brands that as uh federico pointed out to us before we started today they're keeping the apps across all ecosystems so that they seem to be very much at the moment keeping them separate but i just like that you know they're talking about the human creation stuff which we've spoken about in the past as federico spoken at length about that's what he loves the most about beats and we hope that apple as a company may learn a little bit more about doing some of that hopefully from this new sort of culture coming in. Um, and then in, I like this quote in talking about, like, the, you know, a lot of people ask, why don't you just do it yourself? Um, so uh, Tim Cook says, nor has one of the filters been that we should only acquire things that we can't do because I'm a big believer that Apple can do about anything. I quite like that quote. Except make mail work. Yeah. Um, Maybe they should just acquire Gmail. I'm just upset that I had to look at the Recode site. Man, this thing is rough. It's interesting. Why is the search in the middle of the navigation? Anyways, yeah, the the bit, especially about, like the subscription service that like they get it right, and like they were the first ones to get it right. Like, what does that mean? Like, what do they see? What does Beats have that Spotify or Audio don't? Well, the team, they Spotify and Audio don't have the kind of team that Beats has. And they say like. Um, Tim says that he feels that they really respect the artist and understand the artist better than uh, Spotify or RDO do. Yeah, there are a bunch of things going on here. So c- can I can I talk about these guys? Please. For for a minute. So uh, for the team and when he mentions uh, when Tim Cook mentions the editorial curation, I think he's referring to the fact that Beats Music uh, went to long-time music industry personalities to assemble a team of uh, um, basically editorial uh, 
an editorial staff of people just picking music, making playlists, staying on top of the music news. Uh, so, for instance, uh, Scott Plagenoff uh, was the old editor-in-chief of Pitchfork, the music website. is the editorial chief at Beats Music. And there are a bunch of other old, um, you know, people that were in the music industry before, like bloggers, writers, or reviewers. So there's a lot of people who have a deep knowledge of, you know, like what really is going on in the music industry. And I, when Beats Music first came out, I read that before launch, these guys spent like months and months creating playlists to feature on the Beats Music homepage for like the next year. So they spent a lot of time trying to make sense of all the insane catalog that you can have on a music streaming service. And the second aspect is that uh, I'm guessing I'm guessing that Apple kind of wants to wants to double down on this music curation stuff. Oh, Federico. For, yeah, I know. Uh, uh, on this music curation stuff for the for the iTunes store because clearly that's that's the the question, right? Right now Apple is saying we're going to keep Beats Music as a separate brand, as a separate product, and we're going to keep the iOS app and the Android and Windows phone applications. But the question is, will Beats Music technology or brand or app eventually be rolled into iTunes and the iTunes store? Because right now, the kind of curation that Beats Music is doing is different from the kind of curation that you have on the iTunes store. Because on the iTunes store, you have uh, that kind of fixed and static curation. There's the Apple team picking the new releases every week and they feature the new releases and collections and that kind of stuff every week. Beats Music is doing the same thing, but those curated elements rotate based on an algorithm. So there's a, a mix of curation and computers giving you recommendations created by people, but also recommended for you. So I, I think that this is the potential that Apple saw. So maybe it's the technology, maybe it's the team. Together, I, I'm guessing that in the Beats Music service, Apple saw a lot of potential for curation and discovery. Also, the fact that Beats Music has a bunch of deals with um, artists to get their, uh, like to enable the kind of integrations in, inside the Beats Music, Beats Music app. So like artists can sell uh, like gadgets directly to fans. And I'm, pretty sh- I'm not sure that there's a support for concert tickets yet, but, but I'm sure about the accessories and gadgets. So there's also that aspect to consider. Also, let's not forget that Apple has the iTunes festival, which maybe could be some sort of Beats initiative in the future. I don't know. But yeah, I'm guessing that in the Beats music service, they saw a lot of stuff. Yeah, and so so let's break that down a little bit. I think the the curation is is definitely interesting because that's that, that's not a technology. I mean, there's technology involved, but that's sort of a difference in culture or a difference in operating practice. Um, and uh, Koala had asked some questions. You know that like is curation. <laughs> we're just address him. Like, anyway, <laughs> we're just going to address him as the koala. Okay. He's right here, actually. He's nibbling on the desk. Um, <laughs> like, does curation still have a place? Like, as people, you know, like the three of us have 
you know, there is some overlap in our musical taste, but there's a lot of stuff on the edges of that Venn diagram. And does Apple, if Apple's like <clears throat> new releases and editor choice stuff, if that doesn't make sense, like does the beat system work better or does any of it make sense anymore? Or should we just be able to go in and see what's new and search? Like, is there a place for curation still? Anyone? Yeah. I mean, of course there is. Because, I mean, you, you, cannot, you cannot expect people to just find stuff on their own forever. At some point, there's going to be somebody who says, look, this is my job and I'm giving you music that I think you should listen to. I mean, that's the reason my music magazines exist. To give people stuff to discover and yeah. to listen to. I think that it, music is something that's incredibly important to curate like because there's so much of it and it's a it's a taste driven type thing right and there are trends and themes which make it easier to curate something like this you know because you can and and people like create things in genre so it's easier to do that way um and then you know sort of extending it out i think it would be really cool to start to see things like that like trends and themes in applications tied together and they were curated in some way and offered to people yeah, I think curation sort of- curation still has a place, and 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 it still needs to be done uh, by people. I think to 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 sort of understand the nuances. Right, robots don't understand love. Is what you're saying? Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Robots don't understand art on a basic level because for a computer, music is just you know zeros and ones and and maybe some bleeps and bloops audio wave or something i don't know it's just <laughs> you need people to 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 say this is good music and this is bad music and this is music that you're going to like and this is the music that you're going to like right now also i would say we should consider something like you guys know that in the beats music app there's the the sentence right yeah, the, yes. the interface to to pick music based on what you're doing what if apple eventually gets into the wearable space and it's easier to, you know, like to say I'm I'm running and I'm in a I'm in a bad mood, and so give me music to listen to. That could be an idea. Or maybe the the Apple wearable device knows that you're at home, so you don't have to say I'm at home, and I want to listen to hip hop. I guess the one thing we can take away from this, Federico, is that beats won't be going away. So that's good news. <laughs> yeah. Beats won't be going away. Yeah. I would be nervous if I were RDO today. Yeah. Oh, there's audio. a Tim Cook. There's a Tim Cook tweet out right now. Breaking. A, breaking another tweets. photo. Another photo Ooh. of the team. It's the underscore Cook, right? Uh, sharing, cook. sharing a laugh. They're laughing again. God, these guys love a joke. These guys are so good together. But and now Dre's pointing to himself, so maybe the joke's about him. Maybe that's why he was mad in the first picture. My my real issue with this photo is that Eddie Q seems to have some cool socks going on, and That's the Beats the guys issue. have the Beats guys have cool shoes. But what is Tim wearing? Dre is awesome. Where's, shoes. where's Matt? Where's Matt Alexander? Where we need him? I'm going to also in the tweet. Interesting, uh, Tim Cook. It's all about the music. And, and that's what he this, keeps saying he keeps yeah, saying yeah exactly this reflects my the, like a uh, thought that, that I had when I was reading all the articles on the press release I didn't expect Apple to put all this uh, the spotlight kind of on the Beats Music music streaming service because th- even in the press release they say Apple has agreed to, acqu- uh, to acquire uh, 
Beats Music and Beats Electronics. Yeah, that, I agree with you there, actually. That is a surprise that they put Beats Music up front. Because it, it definitely felt like they were more likely to keep the Beats brand and then roll yeah. Beats Music into iTunes. Yeah, it's like we 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 bought we bought a, a a music streaming company that also happens to make headphones. I have That's to say, on the, on the getting... great on the great shoe sock debate, I think that Tim's shoes are much better than Eddie's shoes. Oh no, Doctor Dre's shoes. Well, uh, yeah, I know. I'm I'm not saying like in the full ranking, but in saying that Tim's shoes were worse than Eddie's shoes, I don't agree with that. I think Tim's quite a stylish guy. You know. I'm sure none of them. Well, I think Eddie Q probably picked out his own clothes, but about I doubt that. This, I think, is, this was the genius of Steve Jobs. He's always wear the same thing. I think the the main thing that I've learned today from looking at these photos is that these guys are the best of friends. They're just in a. They have a hot tub and they're recording a podcast. And wait, that's us. Lots of hashtags in this tweet. Yeah, do, I, do, do Dr. Mm. Dre and Jimmy Irvine, do they not have Twitter? I don't know. Because he's addressed like Eddie with at Q, you know? Mm. I know, there's a lot of things to read into this, guys. Yeah. It's uh, all about the music, sounds like a line from an Apple event, you know? Oh, I think it's probably one they've used. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the music, everybody. Uh, So, interesting, you know, there was a lot of speculation about the headphones and is there something in the headphones about the headphones with the Tim Cook letter? I haven't made it all the way through the Tim Cook letter. Anybody know? Um, Beats about... music will be integrated to Eddie Q's services team while headphones and speakers will now fall into Phil Schiller's domain. Yeah, okay. that's interesting. Eddie Q is saying we have uh, iTunes radio, iTunes match, and now with Beats music. So basically in the short term, they're keeping everything separate. So the question is, will Beats Music become like a new a new thing inside iTunes? I like, think it'll uh, be like podcasts, right? So eventually you'll start up a, a new Apple device and it'll be like, have you downloaded podcasts? Have you downloaded Beats Music? Have you downloaded uh, yeah. Beats Music? Huh. And my, my thought driving home was that Beats doesn't have a Mac app. And so I wonder how quickly that will happen. Or if you know there's an iTunes update and it just becomes a, another t- tab in the endless wasteland that is iTunes. Yeah, I mean, why not put more in iTunes? Yeah, you know, I just want to put my to-do list in there and like my calendar. iTunes dot to do. It'll be interesting to see if, like, given that they're keeping the brand separate, does Beats Electronics or Beats Music keep posting press releases on their blogs? Do they just, you know? No, That's that will all pretend to not. Well, I, no, I don't know. See, so this weird. is this is strange. Like tech, the, the 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 practical terms of the deal are kind of strange. But also, when you consider that it's just really, if you want to believe Tim Cook, right? When he says it's all about the music, from that simple point of view, it makes sense. It's so Apple because we know that Apple cares about music, like not just on an. And this is what I want to believe. So I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I want to believe this. I, I think that there are people at Apple that actually care about music. Yeah. And also they happen to make a business out of it. But I want to believe that when they say it's all about the music, they really want to advance the, the way the music in, is consumed today. 
And right, because their model of that is a little old-fashioned. I mean, you guys poke fun of me for it, but like the <laughs> iTunes... I mean, there was a report out uh, this morning. I think Asimco had it or tweeted about it. Um, you know that the average consumer is spending like $3 and something on the iTunes store quarterly. And so like, clearly that is... And that was a drop year over year. And so, I mean, if they want if they want the iTunes slash Apple brand to be on top, they've got to move to streaming because that is what the kids want. Well, Steven, they are spending $3 billion to fix their mistake. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, and I'm going to... Do you to, have $3 billion? <laughs> um, I can do some jokes. I got nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Really nothing. Okay. Yeah, like eight bucks. So are you are you guys going to are you guys going to try Beats Music again? I've still been using it. Oh yeah? I, I'm like halfway between Beats and Spotify right now. Yeah, same for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I mean there's WWDC coming up, right? So maybe they want to get the news out before WWDC so everybody at WWDC is going to be focused on, you know, new stuff. Also, the timing is interesting because there's a code conference tonight and there's a, an interview with... Uh, it used to be Eric Hugh and Craig Federighi on stage. I think that right now it, it changed to Hugh and Jovin, maybe? Yeah, I saw that. I saw a change, right? Yeah. So that interesting again? timing. Federighi's out tonight at the code conference. Yeah. Oh, and that's interesting. Just, no Hair Force One. <laughs> so they took away they took away the entertainment factor then. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping for uh, some Federighi time, but we're we're buddies. Well, you have Federico time. It's true. It's almost the same. You should be happy with that. I am happy with that. Nice. So yeah, the timing. I mean, I think you you had it dead on. If this was like a cloud looming over WWDC, it would be looming over the news out of that. And so to get this out a couple days early like it'll still be in the news people will be talking about it but it lets apple focus on you know mac os 10 and ios and all the stuff they're going to do next week sort of as a a separate thing and uh and my guess is it'll be the fall before we see a lot of beat stuff because they said that it's going to hopefully close fiscal year 15 which for them starts um in the fall so by september the deal should be closed Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they said soon. I don't know if I saw it a month or not. I, I think I saw a September somewhere, probably yeah, they, on, like, on Recode. I, I, yeah, I saw something on Recode. They're like, it's very soon. It starts in a matter of weeks for us, I think, was what. Well. Yeah. yeah. Which is good timing if Apple is planning a new music event this fall, as they yeah. used to do. Yeah, and, and it's, that's kind of been replaced by iPhone and iPad you know, stuff. Yeah. And so I would like to see that come back because, uh, you know. Maybe that comes back earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah, they could finally have a spring event. They bought Beat so they could have a spring pre- press event every year now. Um, but yeah, I mean, back in the day, like when the iPod was was king, I mean, those music events in the fall, you know, Apple would have a Mac event in September or October and have a music event, sort of the the opposite. And uh, it was a it was a really big deal. And, and it's music on the whole has kind of taken a little bit of a back burner, but like. You read all these interviews with like about jobs and articles and stuff from the time you know where they were forming iTunes and getting the store running and the iPod that it was it is 
was and definitely I think still is very close to the heart of the company. And so this is maybe them returning to that a little bit or a lot. It's crazy. Should we take a quick break? Yes. Yeah. And then should we do the show that we have planned? Yes. Yeah. So this week's episode of The Prompt is brought to you by the lovely people over at Squarespace. They are the only one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own website, professional portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code KOALA, that's K-O-A-L-A, at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Squarespace makes sure that every person that signs up is going to have an awesome experience. They do this by making their product really simple and really easy to understand. When you sign in and you sign up or you go and try out the free trial, you're presented with some very simple options that allow you to create some very powerful looking stuff. I've been using Squarespace for a long time. Uh, I really, really love them. If I'm setting up a new Squarespace site, I go in and I'm able to choose from their fantastic templates, their professionally designed, beautiful templates that all feature responsive web design. I'm able to go in and tweak uh, some of the way that things look. I'm able to go in and change fonts and colors. I can add uh, banner images. I can add my logo in there. They even have Squarespace logo, which is a logo creator to help you with that. If you don't have a logo or you don't have the money to, to, to pay for one, you can go in, any Squarespace customer can go in, try out Squarespace logo, and come up with something that looks, looks pretty sweet. And you can put that into your site. All of their content is drag and drop. So let's say that you want to, on your homepage, you want to have um, a gallery of some products that you're selling in Squarespace Commerce. Maybe you want to have something with Squarespace Commerce there and you want to have a Twitter block where you can just drag and drop all this stuff around. You can integrate your favorite social networks like Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all that sort of stuff. And you can have information pulled in and pushed out to them. So you can have all your most recent tweets, for example, shown on the page. Or maybe when you post to the blog part of your website, you want to have it tweet automatically. You can plug all that stuff in. It all comes right out of the box. You don't have to dig around the internet and try and find some extensions. It's just all built right into Squarespace. If you get stuck with anything, you know, which can happen from time to time, or you want a bit of help on something, or something explains to you in a little bit more detail, they have 24-7 support. This is through live chat and email, and they have teams located in New York City and Dublin to help you out with that. As I mentioned Squarespace Commerce earlier, this is their online store functionality. Every single Squarespace site comes with the ability to add Squarespace Commerce. It allows you to sell physical goods and digital goods, and they have all of the stuff that you're going to need in the background to make that work. They partner with Stripe to make payment processing really easy, for example. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year or more. You can start a free trial today with no credit card required, and you can start building your website straight away. When you decide to sign up with Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code Koala. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase, and it will also show you support for the prompt. Thank you so much to Squarespace for supporting 5x5 and the world's greatest podcast. A better web starts with your website. That's Squarespace. We were going to talk about apps. Apps, apps. There's been a lot of news. I guess people are getting getting stuff out the door before next week. Clearing the pipes before iOS 8. Clearing the pipes. So, Federico, Dispatch. Federico, can you please tell me why yes. Dispatch is so good as an email client? Yes. So, Dispatch is an email client for iPhone, which was recently updated to version 2. Dispatch is good, Mike, because um, it lets you... It lets you take action on messages. I like to take action on things, so please carry okay, on. Okay, so as it 
ever happened to you that you had an email message and you wanted to create a reminder for the message or like a to-do for the message? Yes. So this patch lets you, on the iPhone, turn an email message into, I don't know, a reminder in the Reminders app or a calendar event in Fantastical or a to-do in OmniFocus. So it, it, the, the great thing about this patch is that it's got this custom sharing menu with all these actions, and these actions are actually the apps that you have on your phone, and you can turn email messages into stuff, into the apps. So you can turn an email message into a to-do in OmniFocus or something in Fantastical, or you can send a link to Google Chrome, or you can send another link that you got in an email message to Instapaper, or you can open directions from an email message into Waze or the Google Maps application. You can do all sorts of stuff with, with the, with the apps that you have on your phone and this patch, which of course it's impossible with the email app from Apple and other clients like Boxer, even Mailbox. So it's all ab- this patch is all about integration with other apps. The second aspect is that it really uh, it speeds up uh, replying to email messages because it supports text expander snippets. So you can, if you have a, like a recurring piece of text that you always use, you can type your snippet into this patch and it works. And also it's got all these little details that really help, help you save time. Like um, there's a custom salutation uh, setting that basically every time you reply to somebody, let's say Steven sends you an email for the first time. And when you hit reply, this patch automatically puts at the top, hi Steven, because it gets the name from the sender so you don't have to type high first name. And this is super useful if you get emails from people with strange names, like Federico, for instance. The app automatically gets the name and says, hi Federico, comma, new line, and you can start typing. So it's really all these little details and the app integration, the latest update has support for folders. So you can jump into any folder in your email account. You can do searches, you can do saved searches, uh, there's a lot of stuff for like, I would say power users, but really just users of email clients who are not used to this kind of options on iOS. It's, I, I really recommend you try the app, Mike. Yeah, I've been looking at it for a while and it's finally doing a couple of things that I need, like um, the mailbox support and stuff. I've been using like the custom mailboxes. I mean, like, yeah because I'm about to get confused by saying I've been using Mailbox for a while. Yeah. yeah. And, and I really like Mailbox a lot, actually. Um, and one of the things that Mailbox does that I don't think Dispatch does, so I've been playing around with it and trying it out, because they're obviously part of Dropbox, one of my favorite things about Mailbox is you can attach a Dropbox file. Oh, yeah. this, this, this I was about to say you can do the same in Dispatch. But not as a link, though, right? You do it as a link in Dispatch. Because uh, in Mailbox, you can actually n- attach the file. The file. So yeah, you I'm can take sure, a file yeah. from your Dropbox, like a PDF, and you attach it, and it attaches as a PDF, not as a link. But, Mike, I think on the other end, they come out as URL still. Like, I don't... It's not as magical if you're not on... If everyone's not a Mailbox, I don't think. Anyways. Yeah, you're correct, actually. 
Yeah, because yeah. you you sent me some stuff the other day, and it was like links to a Dropbox. Anyway, okay, well then that's that's not as then it's absolutely yeah. fine. It gives me everything that I needed because yeah, when I view that on Mailbox or when people send me it, and, and it shows, so yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm interested in it. It's kind of I I wish that they had an iPad app. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm kind I'm kind of at the point now where I'm really happy, and now I'm just like waiting for Mailbox for Mac. So then I have the same experience across everything and now i'm considering changing the iphone part again but i'm gonna try it try it out because i'm getting it's getting to the, i'm getting to the point in my life where email is becoming a bigger thing for me not because i want it to but because i can't stop it um and i think that there have been a bunch of things over the last couple of weeks where we've been planning for wwc it would have been really easy if if I could add a bunch of stuff in in more custom ways, because like for example, sometimes, you know, when you see like the address field is is in an email and, and it's highlighted, I've had some weird stuff where it will like then try and open a calendar event instead, or vice versa, which doesn't make any sense. But because this app seems to do its own custom way of it, I expect it probably will work a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I I I'm, I'll, I think I'll give it a go, Federico, and it has report at spam. Which is a thing that I'd be missing in mailbox. Oh, and it's got this new unsubscribe shortcut that lets you. Yeah, I haven't had complete luck with that recognizing things yet, mm. but that mm. might be because some of the stuff that I've been trying has actually just been spam messages that somehow got through. So I think that they might be like kind of hiding the unsubscribe. Right. Mm. Not okay. like a like a legitimate like, newsletter like a, that like you a Mailchimp or something like that. You know? Right. Something that is not spam. Like in the it's a, classic sense, but yeah. something you don't want anymore. Exactly. So I, 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 I actually think that I'm going to give it, give it a, a bit more of a shake, and and try and try and do things a, a bit better yeah. with it. I think. You know, I think Dispatch is one of those things that, like, it it kind of gives you a glimpse of what iOS could do if if apps could talk to each other more. Like, not to open that can of worms again, yeah. but safe to say, like, iOS should do. Yeah, like on Android, you long press on something and I get a bunch of options and I can shoot it anywhere that can accept it. And so Dispatch is kind of taking that upon itself, uh, which is great and it's cool, but you know, it's like a, a window into a different world. Um, next app. Steven, Steven, tell me about the new Vesper update. Yeah, yeah so Vesper 2.0 out the other night. Still iPhone client only. They have said that the Mac app is next. Um yeah, it comes with sync. So right now you can set it up. Uh, I don't use Vesper day to day. I actually reinstalled it to play with the sync and uh, it works really well. You just sign up with an email address and it seems really fast. I mean, right now all it does is really give you a backup of your notes. So if you need to delete Vesper or reinstall it or, you know, start, or, or start if, you if, are, if you restore your phone and start from scratch. If you have a day phone and night phone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike is good. Um, yep. And it seems, I mean, it, it's like seems invisible. Like you set it up and it syncs really quickly, or seems to at least, and it's really nicely done. Yeah, so I wanted to sort of see how the syncing thing works. So I installed Vesper on my iPad. Mm-hmm. It was like instant. Was it? It was stupidly fast. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah, about it's... a Mac app. Like it, I mean, they're building a simple note replacement, really. Um, yeah. It's really impressive, like the fact that, you don't need to like think about sync. It just it's just there, you know. And it, right. like you said, it's fast. And yeah, even yeah, I'm e- impressed. Evernote, which the three of us use all, like even just tech notes, just <clears throat> just text only notes, 
take a moment. And this yeah, is definitely like definitely that. quick. It's never um, gotten as fast as they said it, you know, as we hoped yeah, it was they were going to make it. Yeah. Um, and I could see myself once Vesper is on the Mac and on the iPad. You know, I used to have a system of just text notes and then PDFs all on Dropbox. And I could see myself going back to that if if this pans out nicely. I am a user of Vesper. Like, I throw things into it quite a bit. Like, if, if I have something that's just text and it's just for me, it goes there. Like, sometimes I have text and it's for other people too, so we share it in, like, Evernote or Google Drive or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's just for me, then it goes there. Like, I'm planning something, or I've got, like, a list of stuff that I want to keep, or, like, a recipe, or I just need to throw something down real, real quick, then it goes in there. Um, I was going to say, uh, I was going to link to Debug in the show notes. They have... Um, an interview with Brent and Dave and uh, John Gruber, and uh, it's definitely worth listening to. I'm about halfway through, and I've been really enjoying it. And Guy and, and Rene, Guy definitely takes a charge on this one, and uh, really sort of dives in with them about some of the decisions that they've made. Really interesting, mm-hmm. really really interesting listen so far. Um. So yeah. So Mike, tell me about OmniFocus Two for the Mac. So I've been testing OmniFocus 2 for a while. <laughs> you and like 10,000 other people. Yeah, I, I didn't review it because I don't have a popular web blog. Mm. Um, but OmniFocus 2 for Mac is very much comes from the design of OmniFocus 2 for the iPhone. So like the circular checkboxes are there. Um, the way the new forecast mode works is there. It's, you know, it's, it's much cleaner and shows a lot more of the ca- your calendar and stuff like that. Um I can get totally get on board with and use OmniFocus 2. It definitely focuses a lot more on the forecast. It's a lot more like obvious now yeah. than it was in the previous version of OmniFocus for the Mac. Um, and I know that like a lot of long-time OmniFocus users have struggled with the new uh, version because it definitely takes some departures and some big changes. But for someone like me, who is kind of like not really, really deep into it. I kind of mentioned this last week. Um, it's I've been really, really enjoying it. My one sort of gripe is the um, the syncing of the Mac version, that mm-hmm. it's not instant like it is on the iPhone. Right. Is and, it a- and that really frustrates me um, yes. that, that there isn't even a setting to enable me to do it. And the syncing seems to take longer. Um, it's a it's a little slow, and I, I use the OmniSync server. So do which, I. So that might make it. I don't know. I don't know whether that makes it better or worse. It works better than anything else I've tried. Um, and they actually have. You don't sync. Use OmniSync server. Use your own WebDAV server. Uh, which uh, there's one called uh, Sputnik, which you can actually it gives it exposes the database to a web page, so you can like do OmniFocus online, and it's crazy. That sounds um, too scary to me. To yeah, to I used that for a little while. I was like, no, I'm going back to the Omni server. I, I, for one, welcome our new forecast overlords. That's I had a lot of custom perspectives in the old Omni focus to sort of fake this, and it really makes sense. Like the way my brain works, like forecast view is my default, uh, my default view in in Omni focus two for the Mac, and uh, I've been really happy with it. It's you know, I mean, I've read a review as it. I want to talk to Federico about his his sort of review, non-review. Um, but it's it's a solid improvement. You know, OmniFocus One was really getting up there, and I'm really feeling old. And so, yeah, because OmniFocus Two in on the iPhone and then on the Mac is all about forecast 
mm-hmm. and OmniFocus One wasn't. So it's like I really struggled with the iPad app, um, and I really struggled with the Mac app, and was like primarily using the phone. But having uh, OmniFocus on the Mac has really helped me with with managing my tasks. So I'm I'm happy that it's here. And I've just remembered that I need to buy my license, and I'm doing that right now. Uh, so, so Federico, you wrote a thing. You've been using reminders pretty heavily. Um, yeah. What kind of give us the quick rundown of how you're feeling? Well, coming from reminders, um, there's a lot of stuff going on in OmniFocus, and and it's crazy because I used to rely on OmniFocus one like. I was a heavy user. I set up my own uh, sync on my Mac mini server. I had all kinds of scripts to like export my OmniFocus uh, database to a mind map or to, you know, do all these custom things with IFTTT appending text to OmniFocus from like drafts on iOS. Now that I'm used to using reminders with Fantastical on my iPhone and iPad, I realized that I don't really need uh, all the perspectives and projects and contacts and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm really fine with a, with a to-do list and with a simple list of stuff that I need to do every day. But but I do I do understand that for people like you, Stephen, that uh, you, you have a job that requires you to manage multiple teams and projects and, and you know, like like a serious job right because i'm just a guy writing at a computer and you have a real job with other people and uh, for you i absolutely see why omnifocus comes in handy because i mean i i believe that the new sidebar for instance makes it easy to switch between the different views that you can set up Mm -hmm. and the forecast really helps you break down the various parts of of your day by uh, by item like if it's due or if it's uh, like one of the big things that I that I kind of miss from from OmniFocus is the start dates uh, that you can say an item starts today but it's not really due today you know mm-hmm. and, and and I would like to see that reminders but overall I'm I'm, I'm not gonna switch I, because I, really I, don't, like, I don't yeah sorry no go ahead. Let's say, you know, you're talking about moving around the different parts of the interface. I really like the quick open. So I kind of described it in my review as spotlight for OmniFocus. So you hit command O and you get a pop-up window and I can start typing a project name and, or a perspective name or a folder and it go right to it. So I can type prompt and I get the prompt project and I'm in it with just, with just a a few keystrokes. That's cool. Um, I haven't used that. And that was oh, real. Yeah. I mean, I tried reminders for a couple of weeks, and one of my big frustrations was it just felt like it was slow to move through things. Yeah, I'll- yeah, I guess because you set up like multiple lists of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I only use like two lists in reminders. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly. I mean, if you if you need a to do list, you, you don't need OmniFocus. If you need to set up multiple views and projects or, and all that kind of stuff, you need something like OmniFocus. And I think that OmniFocus two is a is a fine update. It's a great update, really. And I'm not a fan right now of some of the design decisions, like the check circles. Uh, <laughs> You know, moving move to the right, and I think that data density is worse than the first version. 
But overall, I'm a big fan of like forecast, the sidebar, the quick open menu. Yeah, I mean, if, if you like OmniFocus, I think you're going to love OmniFocus too. And I know that they're working on OmniFocus 2 for iPad right now, which yeah. should be out after this summer. Yeah, Ken K said they've pulled or they were going to pull OmniFocus 1 from sale. So I, I feel like it's probably imminent. Um, I sure but hope he said it is. Not, be, not before August, he said. Really? So I don't know why they would pull it. He says that he's unhappy with, um, because now they've shipped OmniFocus 2, they're really unhappy that people are still buying OmniFocus 1. Hmm. Although, I kind of wonder why don't, why don't you just make OmniFocus 1 free? Yeah, or, yeah, something. That um, makes more sense to me, but, you know. Because it's, because it's free on the App Store, but then if people get it, it's uh, technical support for the Omni group. There you go. But then you might turn the people into OmniFocus customers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, that's a definite thing. That is a definite. That's a definite issue that I hadn't considered. They, the app, they then become a uh, cost to the company. Yeah, because I mean, when it's free, then you can imagine so many people getting it and creating accounts. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's a really good, really good thing. Uh, DJ two point five. Uh, Federico, so this is yes. One of the big I am things. not a DJ. You, I'm not a DJ, but sure? I really like this app. You sure? I really like it. I mean, as were, I'm not a DJ. Because uh, one where of the big things, yeah. one of the big things they've added is uh, Spotify. Yes, integration. Tell tell me what that is. What, first, what is DJ, and then is a it's an iOS app for DJs. So you can basically, it's like a turntable um, setup on the screen. You have two. Uh, vinyls going on you can do the scratch Casey would love can, that yeah you can do the scratch thing you can mix tracks you have effects and and it's it, it, I mean this app won an Apple Design Award uh, three years ago so it's a super it's an excellent piece of software but now the, with version 2.5 they have this um, Spotify integration the problem with DJ before was that either you had uh, tracks to mix already on your device in the music library or the app was basically useless because without tracks, there was no YouTube integration, there was no SoundCloud integration, there was no integration at all. So you could maybe try to mix, I don't know, Bruce Springsteen and Lady Gaga, but clearly the, the results wouldn't be great. Now you can look up any track. By the way, there should be a mix of Bruce Springsteen and Lady Gaga. Um, now with Spotify integration you can look up any song and you can just start playing and mixing tracks and the big thing is that uh, the app has a, has a match functionality that basically if you pick uh, a song it tries to recommend s songs that would go well with the current one based on style, uh, speed, BPM and danceability of the song. So the, and in, in, in my test, it's been super accurate in trying to recommend, to give you song that would be a nice follow-up to the current one. And yeah, it's been a lot, a lot of fun, you know? Especially with Spotify, I can, I've been mixing hip-hop tracks. I've also tried to send an MP3 file from, from the prompt and mixing <laughs> the prompt with, uh, with Dr. Dre. Naturally, that was interesting indeed, and uh, yeah, it's really fun, really fun stuff. Great, 
Steven, what do you think of DJ? Uh, I played with it when it first came out, and I don't think I've looked at it since. So, what I like, I tried, I tried slamming my iPod Classic into the front of my phone, but it didn't help get the music on it. What I like about DJ is, um, it's clearly an application that will always, by design, require some skeuomorphic cues. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you cannot you cannot turn real life into Helvetica. However, they have managed to redesign the application that it still fits within iOS 7. It looks yeah. new and fresh. Like, they've flattened everything down, you know, where it can be, and they've used a lot uh, less, like... The colors aren't so crazy it's a little more muted and the fonts are very similar and a lot of the buttons are like flat buttons and, and you know they're part that they're not raised buttons they're just part of the overall interface like they've made a, a i think a really great effort of making mm-hmm. this look like an ios 7 application that still has a turntable and big buttons that you press and like a needle and an arm for the needle and like faders like it all you know they still manage to do all of that, and it doesn't look like dated, like a dated uh, application. And do you know that the like, if you pay attention on on the, uh, the on the on the discs, uh, there are like signs, right? There's a, a specific term for those signs on the vinyl, but I, I don't know what the term is. Anyway, those you mean signs, grooves? probably. You mean the, anyway, little, the little ridges that you see? Yes, the yeah, ridges, they're the exactly. grooves that are like okay. delineate where there's music. Yeah, those things are automatically generated by uh, based on the music track that plays in the DJ app. Yeah. They're based on the way on like I would say the waveform but it's not really a waveform. All it's doing is showing that there's music because that's what a vinyl record looks like Federica. Yeah, and and that's uh, I know but that's done by the <laughs> app also. Uh, it's not like just a detail, right? It's like a, a I don't know. It's based on the music file. <laughs> it's it's real, Mike. It's real. Great. It's it's real. Um, I, I, I kind of wanted to take. You know, we had some apps to go through. I kind of wanted to ask you guys. You know, there's been the last couple of weeks, sort of this a lot of discussion about app unbundling. You know, Facebook broke out Facebook Messenger forever ago, but you know, Foursquare broke out into a couple different apps. Dropbox took photo upload and management out of the Dropbox app and into Carousel. Like, is this a thing that we're going to see more and more of? Google Drive did it. You can still download the Google Drive app, but there's also docs and sheets if you need specific things. Like, what do you guys feel about that sort of unbundling that seems to be going on in the App Store? I think there are certain places where it works and certain places where it doesn't work. So I downloaded Swarm, and I really didn't like that. Then it removed the ability for me to... Like, if I wanted to check in... On Foursquare, it would then open Swarm. I'm like, no, that's you're not doing what I want you to do now. And like you, you've taken me out to another application, and it's not the same. It kind of is a bit strange. Like I get it where it makes sense, but when all yeah. I'm using is the Foursquare app, mm-hmm. I, I, and the only time I ever check in is to check into a place, not because I need to know where all my friends are at all times. It doesn't work for me in that regard. Um, I think something like Dropbox and Carousel works because, you know, I can choose how I want to use it and can you know, one doesn't necessarily force me to use the other one and they kind of they complement each other, they replace each other. Facebook and Facebook Messenger is something actually somebody in work said to me today, Do you use Facebook on your phone? And I was like, No, I actually deleted the app 
because I don't I don't use Facebook enough. Like I just check in like every couple of months now on the web, and they were like, "Oh, because it's doing this weird thing now that it it won't let me use Messenger in the app. It keeps throwing me out to the to the Messenger app." And I was like, "Yeah, they do that now." Mm-hmm. He wasn't happy about that at all because it is kind of weird because you're like you know because of the, because of the way it looks on iOS, it's weird. Because it does the like, like spinning all over the place, you know. There's apps flying in all over around, you know. If it just like opened a new window and it's a new app, then it'd be fine. But it's it's the idea of showing that this app is going this way, and now this app is coming in this way. Which I'm sure Federico basically, when he closes his eyes, he sees that animation <laughs> because of how many apps he zips around through all you day. You could turn the animation off. You're grown up. No. 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 Yeah. I mean, Steven, do, I, do I, you keep your animations off? Yes. No zooming mm. or parallax here, my friends. I don't have the parallax, uh, but I do have the animations. I don't even know it's parallax anymore, but I keep it all on. Actually, I'm not sure, you know. Like the way Tim. Do I have did. the parallax? Uh, yeah, because they, they, it was like you could turn. It's much yeah. more granular now. Yeah, I'm wrong because I do have the parallax. I just don't see it because I have a simple background. Yeah. If you have a picture of somebody, like if you have a picture of me and Mike as your wallpaper, it's more noticeable. Mm. Um Yeah, I don't I don't want to pan around your face. Mm. Just keep it. You know? Yeah. Just want to stare right into the eyes. (laughs) Yeah. As usual. I uh, I agree with you, Mike. You know, it makes sense in some places and like Dropbox and Carousel, I can kind of see because Carousel has that interface that's really unique and doesn't really fit in with the Dropbox app. And I would argue that Facebook and Messenger make sense too, but the Foursquare, even though I'm not a real big user, like that one's a little harder to understand. I have no idea when I'm supposed to use Sheets or uh, Docs versus Google Drive. Like I have no idea because I can only do some things in some of them. So I think if the company, if if a company or developer makes a really clear case when you use which app, I don't have a problem with it. But it's when it's done poorly that I think it leads to confusion on the part of the user. Yeah, I'm becoming increasingly more confused about Google Docs and the Drive app. Yeah, I feel like like the other day I needed to do something. I needed to like create a folder or something, and I couldn't do it in Docs. I had to go to the Drive folder. Um, or yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Like it's it's if it's you have a the Drive weird. app installed and you press a document, it takes you to the document app. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think the but the benefit of keeping Docs, which is one that go around, because you can do offline editing, which is useful for me when I'm on the tube, sure. as they say. Mm. Do are you on the tube or in the tube? On, on the tube. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, that's a strange deal. Yeah, because um, you should it, be. We're not you tu- should be in the tube. Well, no, but it's like saying I'm on the bus. We're not in the bus. But, but you are underground. Yeah, I'm also on the underground. <laughs> on the underground? Yeah, because the underground is known as Man, the train. English is funny. It's the train, right? The train is the train itself is called the tube or the underground or uh-huh. the line. So you'd be like, I'm on the district line. This is all very <laughs> confusing. Well, because it's like saying, you don't say I'm in the bus. You say I'm on the bus. I'm riding on the bus. I miss yeah, the bus. sure. Yeah, but you're, I don't but know. But tube is the name of the train. It's like saying I'm riding on the train. I'm riding on the tube. Yeah, but in the tube gives you more the idea that you're like flying through a tunnel underground. But it, it's not a tube though. It's a tunnel. It should be a tube. It's not. Elon Musk hasn't gotten that figured out yet. 
Can we just talk about <laughs> WWDC? I find this fascinating, by the way. No, I want to talk more about tubes and tunnels, please. Uh, if you could. Just for a moment. If you just know, I'm done. So we are obligated to talk about our predictions. Well, your predictions. Um, yeah, I'm the one who's posting it. Mike, write a blog post. Okay, I'll publish it right now. Um, so let's start with the Mac and work our way back. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago. Seems like OS X redesign. It's a pretty sure thing. I think hand in hand with that, it will be very light on the features. I think any features that are announced will be because of the redesign. You know, they're not going to like, I don't think, say, you know, we're not going to run 32-bit software anymore. It's going to be 100% 64-bit or whatever the case may be. Uh, I don't think we're going to see an ARM version of OS X, of Mac OS X. But new interface, obviously influenced by iOS 7 slash iOS 8. I think it'll drop into the public beta at some point. I think that sure, sure seems, it feels like a lock to me at this point. I don't disagree with anything. I don't have anything to add about the Mac either. Wow. I, I do want to say, it, I, I was going to put it, actually it was in follow-up and then I moved it. Uh, a guy named Michael wrote in and he is pretty new to the Mac, it seems like. And um, he said that, that he felt that, you know, with Lion and Mountain Lion, that it eased the transition from iOS to the Mac for him, that there were things, mechanisms, designs that felt familiar to him at, from using an iPad and an iPhone. And they sort of broke that when they changed the way iOS looked. So I, I can't help mm. but wonder that Apple might be trying to rebuild that bridge for people who want to, you know, graduate up to the Mac or move to the Mac or buy you know, buy a Mac for the first time, that if it feels comfortable and it feels familiar, um, man, it's not a bad thing at all in Apple's eyes, I don't think. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a couple of years ago, there was a lot of talk about the iOSification mm-hmm. of OS X. Yep. And, and now, of course, iOS has changed, but it looks like, you know, history repeats itself. Now there may be a much, much cleaner look for a stand and, you know, thinner typography, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of people, like, I saw Craig Hockenberry from the Icon Factory. Mm-hmm. He's been writing about this change to a different OS yeah. stand and to get ready. And I'm not sure what to, what to, what I think, you know, of, of this change. I, I, I guess it's because uh, OS stand has always been this way. You know, like the the I mean, there's been an evolution of the Aqua interface. Yes. But but also it's been like like an an, an a slow evolution and, and a series of refinements. Whereas iOS has changed a lot. You know, there's been iOS launched to no apps, and then all the apps, and then all these apps trying crazy interfaces, and now iOS seven. So on the iPhone, we've been used to big changes. And on the Mac, I, I don't know what to think, honestly. Yeah, and so I'm going to actually quote you back to yourself. So, Federico, you wrote this in January 2012. Um, the iOS of OS X is, at this point, inevitable, and anyone who doesn't see it or tries to neglect is either soft or blind or has some kind of interest in that way of thinking. Right now, I'm looking at my Mac screen, and I, and I can count dozens of iOS-inspired elements coexisting with old-school Aqua interface and controls. The transition obviously started years ago, and in retrospect, it's hard to dig up 
the very first example of iOSification on the Mac. And so you go through and have, you know, popovers in Safari and obviously, you know, Launchpad and Mission Control and Sitch Leather. And there was a very clear, you know, this is 2012, so I guess this is what, iOS 5. It was a very clear connection between the two. And it, we're not saying that iOS and OS 10 are going to be the same thing. Apple has gone on record to say that's not the case. But that the interface a couple of years ago shared more common elements than it does today. And so I think Apple is going to go back to that. Um, not by adding leather and, you know, crazy textures everywhere, but by stripping that stuff away from the Mac even more and going with things like, like Craig Hockenberry suggests as Helvetica as a system font, which would be a change and moving, you know, these elements that have have felt very familiar on the Mac for a very long time to line up with iOS 7. Man, I was a different guy two years ago. It's true. You were younger. Well written, though. Very well written. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was a Mac user. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know we talked I still about. Am. Yeah, and we've talked about the Aqua interface a lot. I mean, I had my big thing in April that we talked about. Like, it has definitely changed more slowly than iOS. And really, between iOS 2 and maybe iOS 5 or 6, like there are changes. Like an iOS 3 era app looks different than an iOS 6 era app. But the bones are all the same. And that's been the case for OS 10 really since, especially since Leopard, but even before, like you said, like I said this even, like if you sit down in front of a 10.1 or a 10.2 machine, as a modern Mac user, you can get around and you can find everything. And I still think, I don't think the dock's going away. I don't think the menu bar's going away. It's going to be the same OS, but they're definitely going to move it a lot closer to where iOS is. So mm. so what about iOS? What do you think's going to happen on that end, Federico? Well, I don't think we'll see, we'll see design changes, maybe design refinements, but not changes. So uh, I don't think the, the Safari icons are... The Safari icon is gonna change. Uh, sadly, uh, I would add. Uh, I think we'll s- we're going to see a lot of maybe little tweaks to you know to get the design right. I think uh, at least I want to hope that iOS 8 is going to be a kind of um, a kind of mountain lion and mavericks to iOS 7, in that it's going to focus on stability and. You know, adding features being a refinement uh, OS update. And I, and I guess based on rumors and, you know, maybe some stuff that I heard, we're going to see some productivity-related features. There's 9to5Mac saying we're going to see split screen on the iPad and, you know, better interrupt communication. And I think really... Uh, communication between apps and especially not just the, the you know chaining apps together that's not the point the point is to be able to exchange data between apps to exchange files between apps to let multiple apps communicate to you know to perform a single task so for instance if i'm into a photo app and i want to make some edits with sketch and then i want to share to instagram right now it, the old process creates like three duplicate files and I need to jump between God knows how many apps. And, you know, the process could be simpler. And I guess we're going to see some, uh, the health book uh, software that everybody's talking about, you know, maybe as a 
as a new initiative by Apple to, you know, to aggregate Earth data from users for a future device. I guess if it's true, probably Apple wants to announce this app as a as a sort of passbook uh, hub for data from multiple apps, and then eventually it'll, it'll become like the the app for for Apple's uh, device. That's my interpretation based on the rumors. And I guess for iOS, really, it really comes down to improving the some of the missteps from last year. For instance many of the iOS iOS 7 apps on the iPad feel like stretched out iPhone apps. So maybe yeah. there's a there's there's margin for improvements on the iPad software. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree at all. You know, I think the interface I think they're going to make tweaks where they need to, especially if they're adding, you know, some new features, but I fully expect iOS 7 and iOS 8 to look uh in a very similar similar fashion. Um, do you guys think there's, you know, last over, I think over the weekend, some stuff about like home automation and the internet of things like you think Apple's going to make a move there? I think it would be a good move to make. I, I think John Gruber's comment, not comment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. made me feel like something might happen. Um, I'm going to find it here. Sorry, I want, I'm finding the link. I yeah, John said, uh, John said something along the lines of, uh, I think this is going to be a good one or something like that. I'm pretty like, excited for next week. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for next week. I think it's a really smart move to do like the made for iPod program type deal. Yeah, but they're saying it's not going to be a made for iPhone kind of thing. It's more like, um, like a series of partnerships. Yeah, I mean, that's how you yeah. start these things. Yeah, that's... Yeah, not not exactly the made for iPhone branding, but basically the same idea that that right. Apple is working with others. Yeah, to... that I kind of mean more like that they're not doing it all themselves. They're going to let the companies yeah. that do this stuff well do it, right. and then yeah. enable my iPhone to be able to do a lot of this stuff for yeah, me. Yeah, with like a GE light bulb or like Philips. You know, the Philips has a lot of stuff out. Yeah, like um, the Wemo stuff, like yeah, the yeah, Belkin those guys. stuff. You know, all of that, all of that, like. Because I'm interested in that. I mean, I don't necessarily have a lot of places in my life that I really see it right now. Um, but I'm I'm really interested in that type of thing and, and how that may, will make people's lives better. Um, and, you know, I, and I can try and find ways that I think, I, you know, when you start seeing this stuff uh, come out more, then you can kind of see how it, it definitely is a great benefit i would like to point people towards um an episode of mac power users which i will find uh, for the show notes which had um our friend mr Manny man um and he was talking about with with david and katie about um the home automation stuff that they all have mm -hmm. um i'm gonna can you imagine can you imagine if apple bought ifttt episode 183 Big because I mean, IFTTT has all the, the, the like the basic uh, communication between these new home automation services. Like you can create crazy uh, workflows and commands to like lock your door using IFTTT. Mm -hmm. So if Apple maybe wants to also uh, make a move in the software space for home automation, IFTTT would be a nice. Uh, they would give them, as they said today for Beats Music, a nice head start. On the in this field, I don't know that that would be big news, guys. Yeah, and I think it would be. I can't help but think 
like Siri, hands-free, and CarPlay and all this stuff. Like Apple has these initiatives other places, mostly the car. Like they haven't like gone very far. Um, but I also think about like the iPod, made for iPod and made for iPhone stuff. Where like yes, there were some cases where like there was deeper integration, but what those things also did was like for every case that has that badge on it, there's five cases that don't have that badge on it. And so if, if Apple moves into this, I expect it to blow up as an industry, not just through what Apple is doing. Like they're, they're going to pour fire, you know, pour kerosene on this fire. Uh, if they make this move, I'd definitely be interested in it. You know, I've got a house and I'd like to, to do cool things. Like it'd be awesome if I had an eye beacon, you know, my front porch that is, it knows that I'm leaving as I'm backing away to make sure that all my doors are locked. Like there's a lot of interesting things there with hardware and, and, you know, I don't know if, if I, F T T T T T T T T T is the right solution. Uh, but I do think they are going to need some sort of software game to power this. Yeah. And maybe that's, I mean, there's maybe going that's, to be, there's... maybe that's iCloud. Maybe it's not. I, I think if it has a lot of things that they don't need, but it could be interesting. I mean, there, there's got to be, if they do the home automation stuff, it, it, I guess it's not just about the gadgets and, and the brands. It, there must be some sort of official API in iOS to handle this sort of low-power, uh, you know, uh, communication between uh, accessories for your, for your house and, and the device that you carry. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a software, hardware, branding uh, kind of deal, if, it's, if this is true. I just went to IFTTT's website just to make sure they hadn't been acquired in the last hour. They haven't been, so we're still good so far. <laughs> just just their music streaming service has been acquired. Yeah. So is that it? Are we done? I think so. So uh, next week's episode of The Prompt will be recorded in San Francisco. Me and Stephen will be uh, live and on the floor as it were. Um, I hope to to be in a chair. I mean, we can be in a chair. We can live and in a chair. Um, We'll we'll be there and we'll be calling Federico in and we'll be having um, our episode of The Prompt. I think we're going to be recording on Thursday. So will I be on some sort of speakerphone or something? No, no, no. I don't think we're going to have an audience. It's just so so we can just try and keep it as regular a show as possible. Because when you have an audience, it, it, it starts to change things. So we want to just do a normal show. Um, hopefully nobody should really notice a difference. So yeah, that's going to be next week's episode of The Prompt. Um, I hope that you all enjoy the keynote on Monday, however you'll be watching it. Apple will have a video. In case you've missed that, they'll be streaming video, so you should watch that. Um, we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. If you'd like to catch up with the show notes for today, go to 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 50. Uh, my name is Mike Curley. I am at iMike. The show is at underscore the prompt. You can find our contact button if you go to the show notes page. Um, I would like to thank my co-hosts, Mr. Stephen Hackett and Mr. Federico Vitici, for being uh, here with me for the last 50 episodes. Um, here's to many more. Uh, Mr. Stephen Hackett can be found at ISMH on Twitter, and he writes at 512pixels.net. And Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He that's on Twitter and uh, he is uh, writing all the time over at maxstories.net and he is the co-host of Directional on 5x5 with me Um, until 
next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Arrivederci. Adios. Bye-bye. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> he did it again. <laughs>